Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. It's your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And today I'm going to be talking to you about how to define your brand identity. I think this is something that most of my clients struggle with when they come to me is they think that they need new aesthetics and they usually do. But the bulk of the problem lies below that foundation, below the house. And you'll understand this house analogy in a minute. But what I want to do in this episode is really break down how the mission, vision, core values, ideal client, and goals of a business really help to indicate and and drive the design of the brand. This is what I use with all of my clients, and it makes my designs so that they're not only beautiful, but actually functional for their business and their ideal client avatar in a way that they can continue to grow their brand and build their business in a sustainable way. So these are all the things I'm going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to touch on a little bit of art history, color theory, culture, uh, and end the whole thing with some action steps on how you can start to do the work of defining your own brand identity so that by the time you work with a designer, they want to kiss you because they love you so much because you've done all the good homework. So let's jump right into it. Kiss my aesthetic. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Defining your brand identity starts, I want to start this whole thing off with saying, we're talking about your visual identity, your aesthetics of your brand, what your brand looks like. Branding, obviously, and I've said this on the podcast before, is so much more multifaceted than just the visuals. You have copy, you have messaging, you have public relations, you have marketing, you have all these different branches, human relations, you have all these different branches of your business and how it operates. But really, when I'm talking about brand identity, I'm talking about it in an aesthetics context. So branding, of course, as a brand designer. So now that we've kind of got off that off the plate to start... When I'm talking about aesthetics, I want to be really specific about what I mean here as far as branding goes. So when I'm working with my clients on brand design, it means the following. Logo design, color palette selection, textures and patterns, fonts, photography style, icons, and other supporting elements. So those could be gradients or uh, illustrations, other pieces and parts that help to support and hold up the brand. So those are the pieces that I'm going to be talking about. And how I get to that is really predicated on doing the research of the business first. So first and foremost, and I tell this to my clients on the brand questionnaire call or the first discovery call, is that the first third of the brand design process is actually rooted in research. So we don't even open Illustrator. We don't even look at Pinterest. We don't even start looking at design stuff until I've got a really, really, really good solid grip on what this brand is and does. So by doing that, it makes it so that the the foundation that we pour for this house is really stable. So I wanna kind of break down this analogy. If you think about building a house, and if you're in California, then you know this probably all too well because all houses in California seem to be built in this way. 
But the first thing they'll do is level out the ground and lay the foundation. Literally pour the concrete slab that the house is going to sit on. If you have foundation problems, then building your house on a shitty foundation is not going to be good for you, obviously. As houses like grow and, well, houses don't grow, but as houses evolve and change, foundation issues can happen, right? There can be cracks or slips in the foundation. There can be issues with the foundation. But if you build a really strong, well-enforced, stable foundation, there should not be any structural problems to that house. Apply this analogy to a brand, right? If you build a brand on a really solid, well-engineered, well-thought-out foundation, then the house is going to have a lot less problems. It doesn't mean that the house is flawless, but it definitely means that you're going to have a much better house with less problems when you have a really, really, really good foundation. That's the analogy that we're working with. The way I think about it when that comes to brand design is that the foundational statements, these core values, your mission, your vision, your goals, your ideal client, those form the foundation and then you build the brand on top of that foundation. So by doing it that way, we can ensure that the branding, the pretty stuff that lives on top is secure and is well thought out and is working well with this base foundation that you've already laid for your business. How do you get to those foundational statements? How do you decide what your core values are or your mission statement or your vision or who your ideal client is? That sounds like a lot of work, especially if you're just starting a business for the first time. This can all feel really intimidating and really it's starting to fringe into like business planning territory, right? So now you're getting into kind of the strategy side of things. And if you're a new business owner, this can feel really alien. So don't be intimidated by this whatsoever. I'm going to break down each one of these for you and hopefully you're taking lots of notes or bringing this in in some other way. Um, you're not driving or anything, but you find a way to bring, come back to this podcast and get your notebook out and start taking notes on these different pieces and parts. The first statement I want to talk about is your mission statement. Your mission statement is who you are, what you do, who you help, and how you help them. That's a lot of W's, who's, and what's, but what it does is the mission statement becomes the descriptor of what your business is. So your mission statement explains to someone exactly what it is that you provide. And it feels silly, right? It feels silly to have to explain it over and over again. But this is the sentence that you want people to memorize and associate with your business is your mission statement. So my mission statement is MKW Creative Co. It's a boutique brand design agency that helps small business owners and first-time entrepreneurs define, design, build, and grow their small business brands. That's it. I've got it down like the back of my hand at this point because I've been doing this for six years. But those four points, define, design, build, and grow, those are the four points of my process. That's really emphasized with my clients. That's part of my sales call. That's part of my website copy. And that helps to break down every single thing that I do on behalf of my business falls into these four steps. So that becomes my mission statement. Your vision statement, on the other hand, these two can get really easily confused, but your vision statement are your hoorah statements. They are your mantras. They are your manifesto. Your vision statement is exactly what you see as a vision for your company. So it would be my vision to help clients feel proud and confident that their brands connect with their ideal clients. 
So that's kind of my vision on behalf of my clients. You can also have a vision on behalf of internal. So you can create a vision statement for your company. So my vision for my company would be to grow to an agency-sized business where we are the go-to source for brand design and brand design only. I want to be so niche, so specific to helping people create really wonderful brands that it's a no-brainer you think of me immediately when you have a brand design project on your hands. So that would be the vision. So we've covered mission, we've covered vision. Next, we need to cover your ideal client avatar. Ideal clients can get kind of sticky because sometimes people think they know who their ideal client is, but they don't sit down and actually look at who they serve. So when you're starting a business for the first time, you may not have as much of this information nailed down versus somebody who's been in business a few years. But thinking about your ideal client, you want to talk about not only their basic demo, age, location, gender, I guess political affiliation, if that's relevant to your brand, but think about how they are going to interact with your brand. Uh, think about how they operate in the world, who they hang out with, where they eat. Are they a Starbucks coffee drinker or are they a craft coffee drinker, like local coffee drinker? Do they go to concerts on the weekends or do they hang out with their dog at the dog park? These seem like really kind of silly role play questions, but they help to write the script for how branding is gonna come together based on who that ideal client is. The classic example I give here, and I probably have already said it on the podcast, even though we're only a few episodes in, is that if you ask me to design branding for a yoga studio, right, and all the information I have to work with is that it's a yoga studio, I pretty much know what that's gonna look like in my head. It's gonna be flowy, it's gonna be nice soft colors, it's gonna feel really organic and approachable and very zen. That's the first thing that comes to mind when we think yoga studio, right? So if you're not telling me that the yoga studio that you want to open is for retired NFL athletes, then I've totally missed the boat on this brand, right? Because the brand then needs to look more like what that ideal client avatar is used to. So that brand should look like sports center, should look like a gym, should look more masculine, strong, bold, vibrant to kind of bring in that ideal client in a way that they know how to relate to that brand because it could be totally intimidating to walk into a yoga studio that feels super organic and flowy and light and feminine if you're a dude that used to be a linebacker. Like that doesn't connect at all. Your ideal client avatar is really almost like the game of guess who where you're describing does this person wear glasses? Are they older? Do they look like they have a Frenchie as a dog? This is kind of the game we want to play and we want to start to eliminate and turn down all the ones that are not the ideal client avatar. And there's a lot of ways that your ideal client avatar can overlap in different sectors. You could have a few different ideal client avatars also. But really when my biggest pet peeve with branding is when I ask clients, who's your ideal client avatar? And they say, women. That does not give me any, practically any information about their brand. I just want to work for everyone. No, that is not what we're going for. I want you to be as specific as possible so that when you're writing your social media copy or we're doing your logo design, we're designing for one person in mind. And this person absolutely embodies everything you care about with your brand. That's what we want to go for with the ideal client avatar. And what this is getting to really 
is what is the emotional selling point of your product or service? What is the emotional commodity that you're bringing to the table? Because I truly believe that everyone is in the business of helping people, whether you're a product or a service or entertainment or whatever, or TikTok, doesn't matter. Everyone is in the business of helping people because you're trying to help people make their life easier, better, faster, more efficient, more relaxed, whatever those those descriptors are, those emotional descriptors, that's what we want to get to the base of. So when you're thinking of your brand and defining your brand identity, what are those core emotional selling points that you're getting to with your ideal client? For me, I kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, pride, confidence, uh, excitement. These are the kind of feelings that I want my clients to have once they finish working with me. But also when they start working with me, I want them to feel inspired and creative and fired up. These are all the pieces and parts that start to lay that foundation. Now that we've got this foundation set between the mission, vision, ideal client avatar, brand goals, core values, now we can start to build the house on top. Now with that information, we can start to build the logos, the colors, the textures, the fonts the icons, the photography style, because it's all rooted in this foundation of core values. So a great example would be if there is a local boutique that believes in giving back to environmentalism causes. Maybe I, the designer, start to weave in some of that influence into the brand design. So maybe it doesn't live in the logo because they're a local clothing boutique and that's not really a big influence, but it is part of their core values is giving back in an environmentally sustainable way. Maybe we create patterns or icons or collateral or supporting graphics that can show that off, that can do co-branded fundraisers, that can show uh, Instagram story highlights that promote this kind of like environmental learning. That's the kind of stuff that comes about in that research phase, in the define phase, in the brand identity component, all that good juicy research at the start of a project. Again, coming back to that emotional selling point, there's some things that we need to consider when they're defining the brand identity in the context of culture. It's nobody lives in a vacuum. And if we learned anything in 2020 is that being in touch with culture and in touch with current events is so important as a brand. It is of paramount importance, especially if you're going to be utilizing social media to grow your brand. I talk about this in episode six with Allison from Polygon Market. We talk about social responsibility. And if your business is going to benefit from social media platforms, then you should be taking a stance on what's happening in the world. You should absolutely make your opinions, your core values, your mission, your vision known so that people know where you stand. That's a huge part of your brand as well. And you can be anywhere on the spectrum with your brand as far as how active of an activist you wish to be. But make that part of your stake and your claim. Like Make that part of your brand identity and you'll find that people have way more respect for your brand and that you'll continue to attract the right kind of ideal client. I also want to touch briefly on art history and color theory in relation to brand identity. I think that both of these topics deserve their own episode because they're juicy and I love talking about them. But we want to consider cultural implications as far as icons, iconography, symbols, logos especially. I think you have to consider global markets. How does your stuff translate from 
North American market, a Western European market to a Southeast Asian or South American market, those all have different implications as far as how you communicate visually that I think have a lot of nuance and take a lot of time and effort to work through. So again, topic for another episode, but the art history component and color theory component are two really big pieces and parts that I like to bring to the table when it comes to working with my clients. I want to leave this episode off with some action steps that you can take to start to define your brand identity because I know this is a doozy of an episode and there's a lot to work through, especially if you're a new business owner and you're not quite figuring out all of this uh, easily, like it's not coming to you easily or you don't have anyone to lean on to learn this kind of stuff. There's a few different steps you can take right off the bat. First and foremost, contact me for my brand questionnaire. It sounds totally ridiculous, but find me on Instagram. Shoot me an email. Hello at MKW Creative Co. Uh, reach out to me through the Facebook group, the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group. Any way that you can get in contact with me, I will be happy to send you a copy of my brand questionnaire. It is in Google Doc format, which everybody loves. And there's about 20 or 30 questions in there that will help to start narrow down your ideal client, your mission, your vision, your goals, your aesthetics, all of this juicy info we just talked about. The second suggestion I could make as far as helping you get closer to what these foundational statements and defining your brand identity would be is to make a T-chart of your best and worst clients. List out all the things that weren't right, all the things that went wrong, and try to source out the similarities or differences between the two. That usually will help you get closer to what your core values should be. If all of your clients, and maybe this is unlikely, but if all of your clients haven't gone smoothly and you're making a big pivot or change in your business, or you're starting a new business for the first time where you don't have clients or customers, write it as if you're a few years into your business. Try to identify where the pain points are going to be or where the hiccups are going to be because they will exist and try to get that down on paper and work through it so that you can start to move more towards what your ideal client would expect from your brand or would celebrate about your brand. Lastly, and this is somewhat related, start future forecasting. Just like I said at the end of the last example, put yourself in the position of owning your business three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. What are those things that people associate with your brand or your business that they can very easily share with their friends or families that also fit your idea, ideal client demo. How can you combine all of that stuff together so that what you have to offer is so simplified, but still wide enough of an umbrella that you can fit everything underneath it, everything that you have to offer. And really what that comes down to is identifying that emotional selling point and realizing I think that everybody's in the business of helping people. So once you kind of got a grasp of that, you're good to go. But at any rate, I hope you found this episode to be helpful. I know it's a lot of information to cover in just 15, 20 minutes, but I think that defining your brand identity, if you do all this homework, all this research and hard work from the get-go, your designer will love you forever because this is really what good design is based on and how good design lasts is because they're very in touch with setting this foundational system for their brand. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.